And now, the continuation of the Wormhole Manifest podcast, featuring our special guest, Mario Mora, the artisan rogue. Sorry for the abrupt cutoff of part one of this episode. I'm merely attempting to make the lengths of each of these comparative for consistency. Thank you for bearing with me on this process. And now, enjoy the remainder of that amazing discussion from episode four. This. Yeah, yeah. You know? I, I think that's what a lot of people like that. A lot of people that do great work, you know, well, it, it, you. it is a, it's almost like a difficult question to say mm-hmm. what influenced you, because when you are a observer of life on this planet and yeah. you see and witness all these different aspects of, and different angles, like like, would you go back in time and ask like Leonardo da Vinci? what his influences were because his influences was everything around him at mm-hmm. any given time. Like yeah. the way birds flew, you know, like yeah. he would just sit there, he would take birds that were caged and like, let them go and just mm-hmm. watch them fly away and like try to draw different aspects while it was flying. And then he would repeat the process. Like yeah. let another bird go. Oh, it's doing this, you know, to yeah. try to see what are the mechanics of what he's visualizing you know like what is he seeing you know and that's an influence that's you know something that would be portrayed later in in different you know art and designs and and uh inventions that he would make you know everything you know like and that's what like many artists throughout time i think we i think people in general like we we like to recreate the things around us as we see them from our perspective, because nobody sees it the same way. Like right. we don't, we don't see things the same way. Like we, even if two people are sitting down in the movie theater watching the same movie, they're going to have different things to say about it at the end. They'll have a different review to write about the Absolutely. same movie, you know? Yeah. So it's, it is, it's all about interpretation. And I think that's the beauty of it. And, and being an artist and, and being someone who can appreciate some of the the different finer things in life you know and and it's about it's about appreciating the perspective and hearing about it like when someone gives their review of a movie or or uh, a new album release or you know like a piece of work even like people are doing a lot of vr artwork now and it's like you know it it may not resonate with me as much because i'm like what is this you know it's so new Mm -hmm. to me and i don't completely understand it but they're immersed in this world that's like virtual and they're mm. just painting with the tools that they're provided that are completely digital in this other realm you know that oh yeah it's, it's all in a computer but when they <clears throat> create the work and they save it into like a two-dimensional object or even 3d it's like animated sometimes and then they show it out on a two-dimensional platform, like on a social media or whatever. And you look at it, you're like, is is this real? Like, what is this? Like, yeah. am I actually seeing this? Like, yeah. it, would I see this in a museum? You know, like, you know, you wouldn't see anything like it 50 years ago or even a couple hundred years ago in a museum. Like, it, it just wouldn't exist. But the elements of it that go into it some of it may actually be influenced by some of those things, you know, like that you saw oh, in yeah. those museums, like, and it's like just time progressing and everything is changing and constantly and 
being deconstructed and reconstructed. And, you know, yeah. it's very interesting how, how it's, it's all going and, and art as a, as a concept, I think is, is something that will continually keep evolving over time. And we will just keep seeing different elements of things yeah. that we saw hundreds of years ago. Like <clears throat> what you said with like the, the, the hieroglyphs and the, and the Egyptian art and things like that. Like mm -hmm. it's going to resurface it, Even if we don't see it for like another 20 or 50 or hundred years, mm -hmm. at some point it's going to pop back up again. And it's going to be like, Oh, you know, mm -hmm. where did this come from? It looks new. You know, if anybody's alive at the time that, that oh, researched know, right? this stuff, you know, <laughs> It's just, it's crazy, you know, and, and you can't just isolate it to like one influence, you know, there's, there's know. life is an influence. And I think that's, it's such a, a great thing to be able to appreciate all this stuff. And, well, and, and I, I think you're doing a great job at what you do as an artist because, and, and I can appreciate what you do because what you're producing is something that resonates with me because I see the elements mm -hmm. of things that influence me like throughout life. And, and that's what I can appreciate by looking at different art too. And like, I think you and I share a lot of those similarities with things that we grew mm -hmm. up with that we appreciated. Mm -hmm. And so like, I'm like, that's, that's, I love Mario's art because I can see the things that I loved as a kid, like in that stuff. So. I appreciate that. I know like, it's something you had said right now really kind of struck a note with me when I was still at the museum. Like I, I worked there for a couple months through the majority of the pandemic when it was really heavy. And so, you know, I worked like four nights a week where you just walk that museum at night consistently. You see the same works over and over again. And it really struck me like when you're, when I was in school, I was learning about a lot of them and it, it kind of got me that, you know, the Nelson had all of these different things on display. And I found out two very important things that I found out transcends into other museums. So I'm certain somebody will probably, if they're from the Nelson, they'll call me out on this. But this is a real thing. Two things affect what's on display. One, if it's eventually considered historically, you know, preferential. Mm. You look at a lot of the things like by Manet, Monet, a lot of them. They weren't taken seriously. Rodin, famous sculptor, died penniless from cold. Yeah. Um, Caravaggio, we celebrate that because of the big one that's in there. That dude, I there's I know different versions of how he died. There was one that he may have died from the after effects of a sword fight, drunk. Um, but he's also one of my biggest heroes. And the guy, you know, was known to be fairly insane he was somewhat of a roustabout and considered the kind of lower rung person you wouldn't have expected to be in a museum or to have any art that would have been you know worth showing enough times gone by that he's his name has rise you know risen into legend and you know his work stands the test of time you know his chiaroscuro works the shadow work is amazing um but it always strikes me too that there's that that happens, but then you'll also get like, I, I can use the Byzantine um, artwork they have there or any of this, of this other stuff there. If a museum has somebody on staff that specifically knows that art, you will see more of that art. There are wow. reasons why you'll go to certain art museums and there's like, well, where's the Renaissance art? 
We don't have anyone that knows about it. Uh, they may have some in their collection. It will yeah. never see the light of day. Oh, man. I, I, because of the job I worked, I used to see, I'm not joking, hundreds of examples of artwork that had never seen the light of day at the Nelson. Oh, wow. In these giant vaults. I can't tell you where they are, but in these giant, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the one thing I do take seriously. But when I worked security, I was like, no, they, they did entrust us with that. I, you know, yeah. Yeah. And there's certain things you just can't say, but yeah. And I mean, and I used to ask that there were some other guys there that had worked longer. I'm like, why isn't this on display? And they were the ones that were like, because we don't have anyone on staff that knows about it. Wow. So when they don't know about it, they don't put it there because they don't want to get the information wrong yeah. or the public consensus wants to see other stuff. Hmm. So the public really has a huge influence on what is and isn't popular. Um, Cause there's tons of artists that I really like that, you know, I may not see their artwork out there because they're either unknown or they're still alive. Cause that seems uh. to be a prerequisite. Like, is he <laughs> dead? Okay. <laughs> Let's get him a room. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> oh man. I tend to have a really weird um, love-hate relationship with museums. I do love them. Yeah. But I do understand, too, that museums exist because dead people made shit. I mean, it's a horrible way to say it, and I don't mean that in any disingenuous way. It just it truly is what it is. Yeah. You know? um, yeah, I, I guess I've kind of noticed that, too, and I used to think about that when I was in a museum. I'm like, you know, you, you rarely see something on display that is getting a lot of attention that the artist is still alive. Like, <laughs> Oh yeah. It's rare. Yeah. You know, that's, I don't know. Like, that's just a, it, it seems to be like, I, I guess I just accepted it like a long time ago. Like you just, yeah. you know, if you want to see art, current art from artists that are still currently making art, like mm -hmm. you, you go to like a festival or like a, yeah, you know, like an outdoor, uh, um, like art fair or something, you know, yep. and, and you, and you look at it and you're like, Oh, wow, that's cool. But it, it doesn't get that attention, you know, like yep. all these artists have these booths up and you go to the booths and you're like, wow, this stuff's really cool, you know? Mm -hmm. But like, you think about it, like if you're comparing it to, you know, like some people may, who, who don't know much about art, they'll be like, um, they'll look at it and they may judge, you know, oh, the yeah. art and say like, well, this will never end up in a museum, you know, like, yep. or something, you know, but you don't know. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it, it may well be in, you know, an artist's studio and then the artist passes away for whatever circumstances and like the studio lays dormant for 20, 30 years and then someone goes and uncovers it and then they're like, look at all this art. Like what, what, where, who was this person? And yeah. then they start putting pieces together and researching who the person was and they make a big deal about it, you know, and it's yeah. on the news, you know, they're like saying, this is what this guy did. And it was so amazing. And it's like influential to, you know, future generations. <laughs> they just like spin it all out of control. <laughs> the, the, the greatest the greatest thing about so much of that too, and this is something that I learned recently. Um, a buddy of mine was doing a research paper. I, I think it was Icelandic culture. And he said there was a cave that was found that had all this like writing. It was early, early Icelandic. 
and there was some that was written way up on top of the ceiling and oh. and they, they couldn't figure out what it was and they got a ladder and they were like surely this is some sort of cryptic message you know we'll glean some sort of knowledge from it turned out it was literally the iceland ancient icelandic version of jeff was here like that's, that's what the fuck it says. It's just like like some asshole like got a ladder was like ha, 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 and just like carved it up there. It was like, man, give it a thousand years. So, yes. Yeah. That's like the ultimate internet troll. Like that is such an epic Rick roll, it's not even funny. I love that. And yeah. even like I didn't realize this, like one of the things that will never be on display are the are the notebooks and sketchbooks of uh da vinci's pupils mm. they're filled with dicks <laughs> and I, I i was like that can't be right until i read a research paper and then saw photography on it that's all they drew like they would be doing perspective and then a penis on the side of it I'm like <laughs> they were just like us yeah you know like sitting in school with a notepad and you're like listening to the teacher drone on and like you got the one guy who's just sitting there drawing dicks on everything <laughs> That to me, I was like, if anything, that would make it that much more relatable because we tend to abscond this and we tend to put him on this pedestal and like, he was a great man, but, and that's fine. Yeah, that's true to a certain degree, but look at what the misrepresentation of certain things can do. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I, although I will admit that Thomas Edison did good things, he was a marketer. He was not the genius that Tesla was. Right. You know, but public perception and hellacious marketing by he was Edison. a businessman. Like yeah, dude, come on. He was all about the the, the notoriety, the yep. business, the you know yep. the claim to fame. You know yeah. he he knew what the relations were with the the public. You know he wanted that, absolutely. You know and like Tesla was actually like into what he was doing because you know. Like he wanted to advance our society yep. and like create things, but didn't care about the rest. You know, like yeah. he was like, I'm going to, you know, I'm working on a project. Don't bother me. You know, like, yeah. and I'm going to stay in this, this house or this building and warehouse and, and build this thing because it means something to me. And like Edison's working, he's working the, 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 mm-hmm. the numbers and, and, and manipulating things and be like, this is, if we do this, then that's what this means. And I can get my name known for this and put my name on this patent. And, you know, like, yep. and yeah, there was, I've, I've read a lot about that too. And, and yeah. it's just like, it's crazy, man. There's people I've, out there that do all this stuff, yeah. you know, that man, it, it's, it's nuts. I mean, and, and that, that same, pro, pro, you know, sort of proliferation happens in the art world as well too. And the, in fact, there's a um, Stuart Temple is this, he's a phenomenal artist out of the UK. Um, he he does some really insanely dickish moves to other artists, but but the reason he does it is to kind of he's been in this long-standing feud with another very wealthy artist who there was a I can tell you a little bit about it really quickly. There was a color named black, the blackest black. The black paint is so dark that it actually absorbs light. And if you paint it on something, it looks like a void. Oh, wow. So Anish Kapoor, this other artist, was like, I love that black. Nobody else will own it. I am buying the patent and nobody can use it. Stuart Temple was like, couples dance and didn't want that. (laughs) 
So he was like, fine, I'm making black number three. And he made a couple of iterations and he made his own formula. And if you go to buy it, it actually says by buying this paint, you so solemnly swear you are not Anish Kapoor <laughs> and calls him out. He hates the dude, but they've been going back. And like he made the pinkest pink and the whitest white, all of these colors and Anish Kapoor can't use any of them. I think that's the guy's name, but you know, like <laughs> it's interesting because people get caught up in that and the bombastic nature of that. But I've actually, like, I remember in a live Q and a, I was asking him, do you think it's our responsibility to educate people when it comes to creative facets? Because a good example I can use is, um, you know, if you grab like a soda can, somebody had to make that design. It did not just exist. Right. Just as much as you would have to do a painting. It's two different things, but it still involved a creative vision, creative direction, and ultimately an output that you presented. Yeah. He was like, no, people should want to do that of their own accord. And although I somewhat agree with him, my issue is that every single show I've ever done, I have seen other artists go through this or uh, you'll hear, and this is one of the worst things, you'll have your shit out at the show and somebody will come by and they think you don't hear them or that you're just made of like cheesecloth or something and everything <laughs> will pass through you because they'll say something like, oh, this is so cool. I actually had two young women, this was a few years ago at Planet Comic Con, they came up, they saw one of my, one of my original drawings and... The one girl said, oh, I really want to get this. Well, the other girl was like, you know, I, I could draw that for you. And I didn't really care that I lost the sale, but she was like, well, I, I know, but like, I really like his work. And she's like, yeah, but I could draw it for you and I'll, and I'll just charge you half the price. So literally right in front of my table goes, the dirty deed is being done. <laughs> and I, but I, that's the sort of thing I've seen other people do to other artists in far worse, you know, far worse scenarios. Oh, man. And I often think to myself, like, not only is that a deprecation towards somebody's ego and their emotions. And when you're, the, I mean, I'm used to it. I don't really care. Uh, I do care, but I can get past it. But yeah. other, I've seen it. I've seen it literally completely decimate other artists, mm. you know, um, and nobody likes to hear that. I don't care how long you've been in the game of creativity. Nobody wants to hear that about their work. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah, that's just that's shitty because it's just like. You know, yeah, I'm trying to relate it to something that's not art, you know, like if it's if it's something like if it's like if you cook, a, if you bake uh, a bake a cake, you know, mm -hmm. and, and you want to give it to some people you don't know, you know, mm -hmm. and then the person's like, oh, you don't need their cake. Like yeah. I can bake one that's probably better, you know, yeah. or like I can bake one that's the same or looks the same or whatever, you know, it's like that's not. The intention is that you're doing something that yeah. you like to do and you want to share it, you know? Yeah. And then other people are like, no, that person doesn't need to share with you. <laughs> like, cut oh, them I off, know. you know? And well, that's not, I don't know. No, you're right. I mean, and there's even, there's also, which thankfully has only happened to me once. I had a person that got irate with me a few, it's probably been, yeah, it's been about four years. They got really irate at one show because I had my rates up and I was, I think I was doing nine by 12 illustrations at the time for like 35 bucks, full color. And she was like, well, could you draw this for me? I was like, yeah. And then, you know, I guess she didn't see the sign. I said, well, you know, I, you don't have to pay it now, but you can pay it when you get back. She's like, wait, I'll oh, see so you charge for this. I was like, for the drawing. Yeah. 
And she got a little upset. She stood there for a bit. I was like, you know, if you don't want it, that's cool. There's other people that are doing it for cheaper. This is just my rate. And she's like, you know, that's a God-given talent. And you were probably already going to draw something anyway. So why don't you just draw me? Because she wanted to sell portrait. And I was like, for free. (laughs) And she was like, well, you were going to draw today, right? And I was like, yeah, but I wasn't going to draw you. And, you know, and it was the whole thing of like, the fact that she that her entire reasoning stood by the factor that I was going to draw and that ha- which is the other reason I have a big issue with the word talent. It isn't talent. It's skill. It's practice. It's yeah. like anything. If you don't mandate that, everybody gets rusty. I know very few artists. I know one artist, in fact, one who he probably could go a year without drawing and would still be phenomenal. But very few others. I'm certainly not one of those people. Yeah. Um, and and she just got really irate over the thing. And I was like, you know, I'm not I'm not going to argue with you, but just because I can do something that seems easy to you doesn't mean it's not worth my time to charge for it. Yeah. But she couldn't equivocate how what I was doing was the same as her job, because I was like, imagine if I, you know, asked you to work for free. And she's like, well, that's different. This That's a job. You love doing this. I was like, Isn't it? so. <laughs> I'm not going to die of hunger just because you need an ego trip, you know, like, yeah. yeah. And and that's the, the reason I think that sometimes people need that education because I don't, tr- I, I try to, I try to look for the positive in people yeah. and I don't want to believe that people are really that acidic and how they'll say something. But I know that there are people that they just don't get it. They're just, they, they assume that whenever you're doing something that it doesn't take that much people, I, I you know, this. Yeah. People will always say, I'm going to start a podcast. They get one episode and they have no idea how hard it is to edit, to put this stuff together. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yep. And and, the, and when you hear them like, oh, yeah, I, I was thinking about doing a podcast. When somebody says that, I almost want them to do it just to see how hard it is, you know? Yeah. And I once mean, they learn and they're like, whoa, this is, you know. Yeah. I go crazy thinking. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I go crazy doing my, my little monologue one, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and that's just one waveform I have to edit. So for anyone listening, a waveform is a sound file thing that you're editing, (laughs) but, and, and you've got two people, you know? Yeah. So you're, you're kind of balancing that back and forth, pacing, all that other stuff. Like, oh crap, did I miss something? Was, I mean, and they don't, and people don't think about that, you know? Yeah. And and then like I guess nowadays too, like with the the whole TikTok thing, you know, there's a lot of people um, Jesus, yeah. doing these little videos and stuff, and it's yep. a lot of it looks. I mean, it's it's pretty amazing what people it can is. do with it, you know. Yeah. Um, and then there's, I imagine there's people out there like, wow, there's all these people out there doing this, and they're like getting really popular doing it, you know, have millions of views. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna do that, and then. It's not until they try it and then they realize that it actually takes work to oh, yeah. sit there. Like I made, I've made a few TikToks, but like I don't do it all the time yeah. because to me, it's like if I'm going to put it out there so everybody can see it, like I want it to be halfway decent, you know, yeah. like, yeah. so I take the extra time and I'm like, after, you know, Pretty soon you're, you're like, you're like an hour and a half or two hours deep into making this video. 
And you're like, holy shit, you know, how do these yeah. people have that, that have millions of views and they have like 500 videos and they all look pretty amazing. Like mm-hmm. they put a lot of work into this, you mm-hmm. know? And, and, and it's like, that is a form of art, you know, in a way that's it like is. a form oh, yeah. of creativity that they're, they're working at to produce, but some people don't get it. And they think like, oh, they just, they just know how to do it. You know, mm-hmm. I'm like, they've learned how to do it and yeah. they've practiced and, you know, tried different things and, you know, eventually put out a product that, yep. you know, and it's just, it's the same thing. It's like you make a picture or draw a picture or paint a, paint a mm-hmm. whatever, you know, and it's like, you can sit there and watch Bob Ross paint a painting, mm-hmm. you know, and it looks like, you know, it looks like it looks because he's been doing it for so long Yeah, that that's what he does, you know, and that's how he does. It. It's not like, like you said, it's not, it's not really a talent. I mean, he, mm-hmm. he is very talented with yeah. the different techniques, yes. But yes. there is a skill. It's absolutely a skill, you yeah. know, and not everybody can do that. And that's no. why we need to appreciate the people that can do it and the people that do do it and make sure that they are recognized, I guess, you know, for yeah. their art. Like if I was that girl or not, if I was that girl, but if I were you with <laughs> talking to that girl, I've been like, can you do this? You know, like, dude, I know. <laughs> and it's just ridiculous to think that, you know, I mean, I don't know. I, you probably had better composure than, <laughs> than I probably would have. <laughs> I would, I would like to think that I do, but there's a lot of times whenever, I mean, I, I, I think in my time, like, especially having done security, you learn to deal with things like that. But the worst gut punch I ever got as far as creative, like mishmash was, and it was actually the reason why I ended up quitting Hallmark. I had, this was probably a few months prior. The company had shut down. And so you just had to go back in for a few things. And I had to get my laptop worked on. It was messing up. Couldn't get the password to work or whatever. So the reason I'm saying that is because earlier when right before the COVID got bad, there was a position that had opened up and it was in, it was in a creative department. I'm going to be really careful how I tell this story. I've already got it. I got in trouble once for this already, but I'm I'm going to be as open as I can about this. Um, so there was a department that I had talked to who was in charge and all these other things. Um, they were very, they liked my portfolio. They thought, you know what? You, you're learning these skills. These, you, you already have a basic understanding of 3d skills and you know, the Adobe creative suite really well. You'll probably be a good fit into this. I was like, great. And I was like, so what next? And they're like, well, I'm not the one that makes the decisions. It's actually the accountant over our team that makes the the creative decision. I was like, for hiring? They're like, yeah, it's all about budget. So it's like, that makes complete sense. So some time goes by and uh, needless to say, I didn't get that job. So I stayed in the, in the group I was in and I was already getting a little disillusioned, but the nail in the coffin was I had to take the computer in. And when I went in, there was a guy when this one fellow, I'd never met him before. We finally met in person and we just got to talking about days that are Hallmark. And I kind of talked about my craziness I was going through and the problems with my laptop. And uh, then he said, oh, yeah. And he says, oh, you want to hear a crazy story? He's like, um, just a couple of months ago, he said, I had a woman that um she called me up and she was like hey i need some help 
He says, well, what with? And she was like, well, with some software. And he was like, okay. He was like, well, we have an opening here. And she was like, okay, well, you know, it's kind of, it's, it hopefully won't take too long. And he was like, okay, not that. Well, we'll see what the problem is. He goes, can you give me some details? She was like, well, not the moment. She's like, I'll, I'll, I'll just wait. And then I'll explain then. It should be really easy. He goes, okay. You know, so he didn't have anything to write the ticket on. Um, so she ends up coming in to IT. And she brings in this Mac laptop. And he's like, okay, so what's the issue? And she's like, well, I need to learn Adobe. And he's like, like, what, like she was like the creative suite. I've got like half an hour. <laughs> and he was, and I'm sitting there like, what? And he's like, yeah, man. She was like, she came in and she had 30 minutes to learn the whole fucking suite. No. And he was like, we have this program called Linda. You can go <laughs> like, you can check that out. There's YouTube. He's like, I can't teach you Adobe in 30 minutes. And she's like, well, how much harder is it than Word? And he's like, this is in a whole other class. And I'm like, wait a minute. So then as he's telling the story, I'm getting this weird sense of unease because he keeps saying, you know, there was a couple months ago. I was like, when did this happen? And as it turns out, this woman, he was very frank about this because after he found out what happened, he was like, well, let me tell you what what she was. (laughs) This woman was another accountant. The company Hallmark was downsizing at the time. This accountant was in, was in danger of losing her job. She applied for the same position I did because the hiring manager over this department was an accountant. He just hired her, put her in this position, which involved a lot of 3d work and a lot of Adobe knowledge. And I didn't get it. I I wasn't the only one. There was a lot of other creators that didn't get it. But at that point in time, I realized it has nothing to do with my skill sets. And that was, and I I've got, I've got dear friends that still work at Hallmark and I wish them all the best in the world. But that was like the worst. Like it was like, it's like that scene in every anime when something horrible happens to you and your eyes darken and it's just black (laughs) around you. I sat there in that morbid pool of self-hatred because I'm like, what did I do wrong? And that's the worst part about it was I blamed myself for that, oh, you know, man. but hindsight is 2020, even yeah. though looking back is still a little bit fuzzy. I still look at it and go, okay, there was nothing I could do. It wasn't meant to be. And I'm in a much better place now than I would have been. Yeah. But when you hear stories like that, like, I mean, that's what I went through, but I, that's, I've heard that sort of song and dance from other people before. Yeah. And and I'm sure that that, that's very same type of like situation and process of like hiring or downsizing. Like, I mean, like in like engineering, you know, there's probably people that know that have probably like. 25 years in like aviation engineering and they hire like the new guy right out of college over this guy because it's gonna they can pay him half of the salary you know they're like and they're just like well we'll just work with it you know like and they'll just they'll figure it out as they go you know and you're like okay wish you the best you know like yeah whatever like i don't blame you man like that's and yeah it sucks like 
yeah. that kind of thing is so, and it sucks that it, it probably is a lot more common oh, than, than we would wish for. Like we, we, we hope it's not like that, but it is, you know, like in a yeah. corporate environment, like there's these bean counters and stuff that are putting together the policies for the hiring and firing process that, mm-hmm. you know, they're like, they want to keep the company moving, but they don't like see, they don't see the corporation as this like well oiled machine that right. like you have to keep the right people in the right places at the right time to keep it pushing and chugging along, you know, like it's yeah. a, like it is a machine, you know, like, and, and when they remove someone that is a value to that machine, that to the, the functionality of it, you know, and they mm-hmm. replace that with like a different kind of cog that doesn't quite fit right. You yeah. know, it, it may work temporarily, mm-hmm. but later on down the line, someone you, you would hope has got to notice. But, oh, yeah. but we, we sit there and think to ourselves, like, they're never going to know, like once we're gone, they won't miss us, you know? No. And that, and that's what sucks, you know? And that's unfortunately how, how life is a lot of times, you know, it just, it is once you leave, like, like when I retired from the military, you know, like the, the job that I did, I know affected the people that were right around me that I personally trained how mm. to do the job. But now that I've been gone for like six years, seven years, like, I know the machine is still working, you know, yeah. like it's still yeah. chugging along. Everybody's there's tons of new people and the people that I trained are training those people, you know? Yep. So I only hope that a little bit of my training or my ways kind of rubbed off on them and they're passing it down to the people that they're training and it will just keep going on from there, you know, until the end of time, you know, like it's yeah. just, it's just what it is or the whole mission changes. And it's like all the things that I knew train that I was training these guys on when I was in there, like it's all going to totally change. Cause there's going to be yeah. new products. There's going to be yep. new ways of doing things with a new type of, you know, like, like I worked on, like I, I packed parachutes and right. like, we installed them on like ejection seats in the B2. And, and also before that, the, the F 15 and the B2 have the same style of ejection seat. Oh, um, wow. So, and, and the parachute is exactly the same. Okay. So when you're packing this chute and it goes on that style of ejection seat, well, eventually we're going to have new airplanes and they're going to have new styles of ejection seats and new styles of parachutes and whole new way that it functions so those people that the engineers that design it have to train people that know how to do this stuff, you know, with the new system. So it's all going to change. So like everything we once knew and, and, and I guess we were proud of it at one moment that we knew how to do this job, yeah. but it's going to be non-existent at some point, you know? So yeah. it's kind of like, you can't put too much into it. You know, you can give it your all and say, I did this job and I was proud of what I did. And, you know, maybe there was a few plane crashes that my parachute saved the life of the pilot, you know, and I'm proud of that moment. And, you know, the system worked as it should, you know, 
because right. of what I did. Right. But the system's going to change, and so someone else is going to get a chance to hope. Well, hopefully they won't get a chance to <laughs> potentially lose a pilot. But like you know, yeah. <clears throat> um, hopefully they save them, you know, and hopefully it all works out. But like that system's going to be obsolete, and you know, and, and like now with working on computers, what I know eventually is, is going to be something completely different, you know, and yeah. I either have to stay with the times and progress and learn and evolve as the things change, you know, or I can be like some of my old customers that last used the computer that was like Windows XP and yep. the stuff doesn't work the same as it did back then. There's a little bit of difference and it's yep. changed and now we have internet and all this crazy stuff. People call me up and, and ask me the weirdest questions, you know, like, why is my taskbar or why is this thing on the bottom with all the little pictures on it, like halfway up the screen, you know, because yeah. they didn't know that they moved the mouse down onto the taskbar and dragged it up halfway up the screen. Oh my God. And I have to explain <coughs> what a taskbar is because oh, they yeah. don't know. And it's, it's just like, uh, I'm like, you gotta know, you gotta learn what YouTube is, you know, you gotta yeah. learn what the nomenclature of the things that you're clicking on are, you know, yeah. what is a web browser, you know? <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. And it's just crazy, man. It's like, you know, with any line of work, whether it's like what you do with, with art stuff and like you do a lot of digital stuff now and, mm -hmm. and all this. And I worked on in aviation on airplanes and in a few different places like, um, it's constantly evolving and we have to, I guess, keep up with it, you know, like yeah. <laughs> keep up with what we do so we can be the professionals that we are. And, uh, Hey, sorry about the interruption, the abrupt cutoff. Uh, it's time for a commercial break. Um, because I had to do a whole bunch of crazy editing with this, uh, this episode cause it ran so long. Um, and I'm trying to splice it all together and make it, sound cool so uh check out this commercial and then stay tuned for the conclusion of the conversation between myself wormhole matt and the artisan rogue mario mora stay tuned listening to the wormhole manifest podcast if you like what you hear then tune in wherever you get your podcast anchor spotify google itunes stitcher podcast addicts and many more and please like and follow our posts on social media on twitter we are at wormfest pod on instagram we are wormhole underscore manifest if you'd like to hear more about these topics send us an email and i'll send you the pertinent information at wormholemanifest at gmail.com and if you'd like to start your own podcast check out anchor.fm where you'll get started creating your own podcast for free thanks see you later
Yes. I also do think, though, too, that just to a point that you made, not, you know, like one thing I did discover, and and this is one of the companies I worked at, they ended up letting go of a bunch of older programmers and um, they had to pull back a lot of them. Um, and they pulled them back on contractually for a lot more money hourly than I ever thought anyone would, would ever get paid because they had servers that ran on Fortran. Hmm. That language is super dead, <laughs> except to like a few people, you know? Yeah. And I think like the last four people alive worked at that company that knew that damn program. There might be some people at like NASA, but like... <laughs> You know, like, and that's it. Like, I'm like, any any language that still requires a punch card, why is that still utilized? But yeah. companies, often, the bigger they are, the slower they are to turn around on things. Or right. you'll get companies that they're like, well, we've always done it this way. Yes, but that was also during Jim Crow laws. So there's reasons why things change. Yeah. You know, like, those, those went away, exactly. too. You know, like, yeah. you know, I... <clears throat> I think that sometimes like and like when I was coming into graphic design, um Rubylith was the big thing. You'd you there was this red film that you would use for cutout and paste up and if you wanted a layout, you physically laid certain things in and you know Oh wow. you don't do that anymore. Yeah. And you know, I, I feel like an like like a Methuselah when I say that, you know. <laughs> I talk to people like, What? I do everything on the iPad. Well, <laughs> You go on with your procreate self, but you know, that wasn't how it was back then. Yeah. So a lot of stuff has changed. Oh, always, man. Always. Man, we better wrap this up. Um Yes. Uh I may end up doing a thing where I, I split this into two separate episodes. Cause yeah, we, I was wondering. I was like, it's been a, it's like midnight. <laughs> but uh Man, this has been great. This has been awesome. It it's it's a great conversation. I love talking to you, man. It's Same, it's been man. it's been a while, you know. Like yes, and uh, we shouldn't we shouldn't make it go so long. <laughs> I think I know. Oh, um, I, know. I agree. I agree. Um, if anything, like I mean, I know that the whole thing the last year has been like COVID and all that, but like we need to get together sometime. I think. Yes, I agree. No, I hundred percent agree with that. Like that's that's something that I kept telling myself. Like it. One last thing I'll say. COVID absolutely made me understand what isolation was. Mm. Like I do like my alone time. Yeah. But then there's that whole thing when like, I'm just like, man, there's a lot of people I haven't seen. And COVID was scary enough to me that I was like, I, you know, like time goes by before you know it, you know? Yeah. Yep. I'm like, I'm, I, I, th- I think it was also the thing too, like with the shows that I'd done recently, not seeing some people come back and then finding out that one of the vendors I knew had passed away from COVID oh, that man. I did get along with. And I was like, <laughs> I don't want to hear that. I don't want to know that. But, you know, I, w- I was upset to hear that, but that it just goes to show how quickly things can change. In a heart. Yeah. 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 You got to like so. grab things while you can and, and appreciate them. And, and, and yeah, I mean, life is too short. So, yeah. And I know that because I've, I've suffered a lot of loss and it's just been like, it was, it ate at me for so long. And, and I've just recently like made my peace with things. And, and, and like you said, it's like you, you, you appreciate what you have when you have it. And like, we, we need Mm -hmm. to, when you're in lockdown, you know, you're like, start thinking, man, there's a lot of stuff I could be doing right now, but I just don't feel 
safe enough to go do those things or see these people or, you know, participate in these different functions or whatever, yep. you know, you're like, yeah, we take it for granted when it's just there, you know, when we can't yeah. do it anytime. Yeah. And then when it's not the best idea to do those things, you're like, eh. and I, yeah. appre- I, I actually made a lot of cool discoveries. I, w- I will say that during the pandemic, like, yes, uh, there was a lot of things that, that came up that I was able to work through and like in a positive way, you know, like, yeah, I wasn't able to leave the house for a very long time. And yep. all of a sudden wearing a mask when I go to go grocery shopping helped me deal with a lot of my anxiety, especially when there yeah. was like nobody else in the, Oh yeah. The grocery store, you know, and I'm pushing my cart around and I'm like, this isn't so bad. Like yeah. I used to literally run out of Walmart because yeah. I was like, so freaked out. I'm like, I can't stand it in here. It's just yeah. too much. There's people. Yeah. I'm a, I hate it, you know, and I yep. would have a panic attack and leave, you know, yeah. and like go sit in the car while the wife was in there doing the rest of the shopping, you know, and I'm mm-hmm. like, but being able to slowly reintegrate into society because yeah. there was a crazy pandemic going on and there wasn't as many people out in the grocery store. I'm like, I started to actually like it. I'm like, yeah, I like wearing a mask and I like pushing my cart and not having to run into people or having crazy kids screaming and running by me all the time. Like, I'm like, this isn't bad at all. Like I like this, you know? And after like several dozen times of doing that, I started to feel more comfortable with going out. You know, now I go out and there's a lot more people, but I can handle it differently. You know, I've I've learned, I've like learned to, to get out there and like, and socialize more. And that's why I was like, man, I'm like learning how to talk all over again, like physically really talk is. because for the longest yeah. time it was all just like typing on my phone yep. and, and making posts on social media and, and then different discord servers and stuff and talking to friends online that I wasn't speaking. And like, yeah. I started to kind of feel like I was forgetting how to talk, you know, I'm oh, like, yeah. how do I, you know, like my brain used to go so fast and I'm like, feel like I'm going to say the wrong thing and like piss oh, somebody yeah. off or whatever, you know, I'm like, yeah. And, you know, when you're only talking to like your wife and like your kids every once in a while, like, yeah, you don't actually get any socialization. I'm like, I need to do something else. What else could I do to help me practice and learn how to speak again? I'll start a podcast (laughs) (laughs) and then I'll invite different guests from all walks of life and I'll just talk to them and like get that practice I need and and get it out there. (laughs) Yeah. So <laughs> hopefully I don't sound like an idiot, but like when I'm talking no, to people, but dude. whatever, yep. you know, if I do, I do. And, you know, at least it's fun trying. <laughs> That's the whole thing, man. There's, and, and I, and the, there's a guy that I listen to, his name is Sean Canal. We, I don't have a lot that, uh, personally I can identify with him on. He's fairly different than me, but one thing he always says about making content is there's only, there's, there's. There's no such thing as good content or bad content. There's unpublished and published. Yeah. I'm like, no, that's true. You know, that's mm-hmm. really, really true. Because he's the one that's like, hey, did you have time to do this? Then you probably had time to do that. Yeah. And I I, I just, I try and keep that in my head all the time. Like, he's right. You know, like, I'm my own worst enemy on that. But doing stuff like that, like this, helps keep me on task and, you know. Yeah. And plus, this is just like, I mean, it's like 
the the whole open forum, the open communication is is good for people. I think in general, like just oh, it is talking like you said with working, and you hear like the water cooler talk, you know, like the people, yep. whatever you know. But it's like at least this this way and this format is like a you know you know that you're going to be publishing it, but you don't have to wear a mask. You don't have to yep. put on the podcast voice. You know, okay. you're not you're not on the radio like yeah. talking to whoever's driving at the moment after work and listening to your show, you know? Yeah, I know. I know. So it gives you the freedom to be like, whatever we say is what we say. And like what we're feeling at the time, we can always yep. come back later if we listen to it and be like, well, I didn't really mean it like that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I know. I know exactly what you mean on that. Cause as much as I love NPR, there is a point where I'm like, I kind of wish they would go a little bit more off the cuff on things because I do love the reporting. I love the the stuff that I listen to on there. But man, like on a drive, like when I used to still work and I would be driving home listening to NPR in the afternoon. Yeah, that's horrible because like <laughs> it's just the voice is so relaxing. Like you're here on and that's all you're hearing. <laughs> I'm like, oh, God, just I'd have to turn on 98.9 or something just to get Johnny Dare's replay <laughs> or something like that. Nobody can sleep to Johnny Dare. I don't care who you are. I think like, Reggie Watts did a uh, bit where he was talking about like NPR and like their morning coffee sips. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> You're listening to NPR. <laughs> I know, man. I'm like, Oh my God. Oh, like barista sound effects. Yeah. That's oh, a slice man. of millennial life. I don't need. <laughs> All right, man. Cool. Well, it, this has been awesome. Uh, yes. I, I can't wait to get you back on here. And uh, um, do you have any, I like to do this thing at the end is like give a shout out to whoever, um, whatever, social media, whatever. Yeah. It's like something that's, uh, you know, or like if you want to plug your, your website, I think you did earlier. Um, yeah. If you want to yeah. give that info again. Yeah, sure. You guys can, anyone listening can find me on www.theartisanrogue.com. And uh, I think a voice came out too sexy. And <laughs> I don't know why the hell I did that. Like, what the, am I? What? What? what <laughs> the artisan rogue, right? That was just like, like, oh god! It was like here on ninety nine, the light FM, <laughs> like Delilah. Like, <laughs> oh god, we're getting slap happy because it's so right. Late. <laughs> I, I know. I totally know. Oh god, man. <laughs> yeah, no, you guys can find me on that website and everything else like that. You guys can also, like, the, I, I do have one funny real quick thing I can say. I My TikTok finally started kind of paying off. Like, people are following me on there, which is really weird. Hmm. But it was only because one day I decided to film a cat. <laughs> there was a cat stuck in the tree in my front lawn. I went outside. I had no intention of doing a TikTok that day. And I just made a slice of life video of oh, this wow. cat and i think i'm at 144,000 views on it wow man I'll yeah let's check that out <laughs> it's ridiculous and it's ridiculous it's like it's the one that went viral and i don't understand it like it happened like i gained all that stuff in like two weeks i think man i don't understand it there's no compelling reason why i should except for you know hashtag cat i don't know <laughs> and, and that was it but yeah so and you're also uh, like, I'm going to have to check that out. That's that's crazy. <laughs> it's extremely, when you see the numbers, you're like, there's no reason those numbers should be there. 
None. And it makes me mad because like there's like dozens of other videos with art and other stuff on there. Yeah. And, and they did okay. I got maybe a couple hundred or a couple, you know, like views on them. But then this one cat video <laughs> and like, that's what everyone, how's the cat doing? What, you know, I'm like, it. you know what? It lives outside. It's not my cat. I don't like, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, that's, that, that's what I love is when something goes viral, half the internet wants to give you advice. The other half just wants to hate. Oh, yeah. And that's like, that's just, I'm like, you know what? I was ready for it. Whatever. Block, 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 block. <laughs> yeah. It's always what you least expect. <laughs> Dude, it really is. It but then really again, is. you, you kind of should expect it when it has to do with like something ridiculous that you don't oh, yeah. originally think to expect because it's no, like oh, yeah. the, the internet is so random and like, but yet the things that become popular, like like angry cat, you know, like yeah. or whatever, or yeah. grumpy cat, you know, like, yeah. and you're like, yeah, everybody now knows who grumpy cat is because that's, yeah, it just blows up, you know, like somebody takes a picture of something and, yeah. you know, my kids don't understand half the references that I talk about, but like, like, I think I've seen that in a meme, you know, mm-hmm. like they never saw the princess bride, but yet they've seen the meme. Of yep. My name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. You know, yes. like, yep. They've seen that a million times. And when we wa- finally watched the movie, we're like, oh, that's what that meme is from. <laughs> that's, what the, that's what the next generation is going to be like. They're not going to really know what is. the really reference is, but they'll, they'll know what the, it, you know, know what it, from the meme. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Like, oh, geez. Yeah. But hey, man, yeah. I appreciate you so much for Same taking the here, time man. out to be on here. Yeah, um, thank you. My shout outs go out to uh, at Supermanny B, uh, who was on the last episode and all the other guests that have been on here so far. Um, All the listeners out there. uh, Thank you so much for giving me your time. Um, Please give us give give me some feedback on the social media, on the on the Twitter and and Instagram or on the, uh, the website or iTunes or wherever you can find this podcast. Um, there's a website, it's, it's linktree or linktr.ee forward slash wormhole underscore manifest. Uh, the, the Twitter is at wormfest pod. Uh, I love that wormfest. Yeah, that's pretty <laughs> cool. I was like, oh yeah. And then the inst- Instagram is wormhole underscore manifest. And then if you, anybody wants to know any information about the content on this show, uh, send me an email at wormhole manifest at gmail.com. Um, everyone, thanks again for listening, uh, and we hope to see you next time. Mario, thanks again, man. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. Yep. No problem. We will see you next time. Yes. Yes.